What up? We are back again today in the studio. It is time to get the ball rolling. Like I said, we are back today. Uh, here at Get the Ball Rolling. Really excited, really happy to be back with you guys once again here in the studio. Uh, just got home off of vacation. Uh, I went up. My little brother is leaving to uh, go to Bakersfield, California. Uh, he's going to spend six weeks in Mexico learning uh, Spanish, and then he'll be heading out to Bakersfield. So I uh, had a little bit of time to spend with him before he left for two years. Uh, I'll still be able to talk to him, still be able to uh, to be in contact with him. Uh, however, he will not be here in Utah, which will be was a little bit sad. Uh, but it's always a good thing for uh for him to get that done and also my mother-in-law came down from Vancouver, Washington. She uh my sister-in-law is getting married and so we got to you know do a little a uh, little bit of wedding dress shopping and uh we were able to spend time with with uh my wife's side of the family, which was awesome as well. We actually went, uh, spent some time in Provo, uh, where I was able to go to Brigham Young University, the campus there, and I checked out the, the Heisman Trophy, uh, the National Championship Trophy from when they won that, and uh, a couple of the accolades that they have. They have a really cool trophy case uh, with the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and it has the AFC versus the NFC. It has all of these Super Bowl rings. If you haven't seen it, go on the social media. Uh, I get the ball rolling because it is really cool. Uh, some of those pictures that I took there, uh, you know, very well-rounded program there at the Y. Not my favorite program, but. Obviously, because I'm a University of Utah fan, but uh, I still I still like it, being able to see this history and stuff. And anyway, so I'm back down here in the studio, really excited. I know I was able to release one uh, podcast on break. I had one of them previously recorded, so uh, it's always good to get back here, kind of get my my feet wet once again. And today we will be having the Colorado 2019 football preview. Uh, I was able to talk to a couple guys out there in Denver and in the Boulder area. However, uh, none of them had the time to come on the show and talk to me in depth about the uni- uh, about CU, uh, Colorado University. So uh, it will be going off of, of kind of what I feel uh, for this upcoming season, where I think they'll land in the Pac-12 South, uh, kind of their, my predictions going forward with them. So uh, the I have to say, uh, preface this, I know that uh, the Pac-12 has done a really good job where each team kind of has a rival, right? And Colorado and the University of Utah, they entered the Pac-12 about the same time. I I believe it was the same year. And, uh, you know, they said, well, that's the mountain rivalry. And they kind of forced it upon us. Uh, But I have always been a CU fan from when I was a little kid, and so it was really, it didn't make sense to me, I'm like, I'm a University of Utah fan, but I also like Colorado, and then, you know, walking around, I, I have a couple of uh, Colorado shirts, I'm actually wearing one of my Colorado uh, Buffalo shirt here, and everyone's like, whoa, I thought you liked the University of Utah, I'm like, no, I, I love the University of Utah, but I love uh, Colorado as well, I think, uh, I don't know what it is, and, and everybody asks me, they're like, what, why, why do you like, I'm like, the like it's not even like Oregon swag. Like I'm like I don't know. I just I've always been drawn to this team. Um, 
when I was in high school, there was a runner uh, that ran at Park City University or Park City High School. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, his name was Ben Sorrell, and I really looked up to him as a runner. I was a sophomore; he was a senior. Uh, he ended up running extremely well. He broke the two-mile record at Simplot Games in Idaho, it was an indoor track meet uh, at Idaho State University. And he ended up signing with CU. I was able to uh, talk to him when he came to the Mountain Regional uh, my junior year in 2014 uh, in Ogden. It's uh, the regional cross-country race. And I've always just kind of been drawn. Uh, There's a really good book out there called Running with the Buffaloes that kind of goes about – one of their the stories uh, of one of their cross country teams. So, I mean, definitely on the cross country side. But I've also been drawn to these guys uh, from football, and I loved when uh, Mike McIntyre took the job. I was really excited. I really wanted to see what these guys could do. Uh, I love, love, loved this team, and I and I've kind of been drawn to them ever since. And. Uh, it was back – Mike McIntyre kind of started my like for him, but I even liked him back into the the Dan Hawkins era. He is also uh, right now the coach at UC Davis, so kind of been following him and his career. And I, as a kid, like I said, growing up, liked him. So uh, it's been a little bit rough uh, the last couple seasons as a CU fan and, you know, and CU fans would, would agree because they have been so close the last couple of years. We're going to go back into 2017. They beat UCLA. It was only, they lost to them by four points. They are six and six, right? Uh, they beat Arizona, lost to them by three points. They are six and six. If they, uh, so, so those were the two games in 2017 that they were so close to winning and they just they just couldn't get it. I don't know what it was, but they just couldn't get over that hump into the into the postseason. And year after year, I told my dad, I told my friends, I said, "CU's going to be good. CU's going to be good." And it always feels like they always just came up short. 2018, we're going to go look back at this last year. They beat uh, Oregon State. Uh, it was in overtime. Uh, if they they end up beating them at home. They're six and six. You go down a little bit further. Uh, they beat Arizona again last year. They score a touchdown or hold them to score a touch from them from scoring a touchdown. They're six and six. So this team, despite uh, you know in, in 2016 having a, a monster team going ten and four, uh, playing in the Pac-12 title game. I mean they did lose to Washington, but playing for it. Uh, Absolutely, you know, it was a really fun year to watch them. They did lose to Michigan. Uh, they lost to SC, but that was a really close game. Uh, Washington, they kind of got got beat pretty good by, and they ended up losing to Oklahoma State in the at the Alamo Bowl. But it was it was a fun team to watch. I really enjoyed watching CU that year. Uh, in 2016, or the results that I was I was seeing, and the highlights I saw when I got back, it was it was legit. Uh, so I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, okay, well, what what is missing? There's got to be a missing piece. Well, they ended up firing uh, Mike McIntyre. Uh, obviously, just couldn't get the couldn't get the job done. So they bring in Mel Tucker. Now he was a DB at the, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, he's a little bit younger of a guy. He graduated in 1994, and so I think he brings. Youth, right? 1994, uh, if he was playing or whatever, I was born in 97. So he's, you know, 20, we'll say, you know, 20, 24 years older than me. He's only in his mid 40s. So he, I think he's going to be able to appeal 
to the younger kids uh, having you're not going to have uh, and I'm not saying it's wrong or right how you have you have your coach but I think Mel Tucker coming in he was on uh, the Ohio uh, State he was there during the Ohio State National Championship I believe during the Alabama National Championship and he was there when in 2015 with Alabama and then he was also with uh, Kirby Smart uh, when Georgia played for it so he's definitely been around uh, winning programs, and he's learned from the best. I mean, you look uh, back 2005, Ohio State, I believe that was Jim Trestle years, So, and he was a winner, won, you know, he always had Ohio uh, playing very well. And then uh, Alabama, obviously, to be around Nick Saban. Uh, it's kind of interesting, Nick Saban's protégés or people that, you know, are the head coach that have coached under Saban usually tend to struggle against him, and they can never get back to it, but... Uh, we'll see how he ends up kind of uh, fighting his stride. One in 2015, and then he was under Kirby Smart, and I think Kirby Smart is a tremendous coach. Uh, like Mel Tucker, he's a young coach. I think he appeals to the players, and he's a winner. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Outside of that, I really don't know a lot about him uh, besides that he's able to develop the kids that he wants. But and. And I look at all three of those uh, all three of those schools, and they all are system schools. You you think about Ohio State, um, and I guess it's a good thing, whatever. But you think, okay, Ohio State. Uh, you look back, even back in those years. I mean, you had Trail Pryor, but they never really. Like you never really hear of a, of a big name quarterback come out of Ohio State. Uh, yeah, you, you know you have Zeke that that has came out, and you know you have a couple of wide receivers, Michael Thomas being one of them, and, and they and they do well in the NFL. But a lot of them, it's the system that they have in place, it's the culture they have in place that makes them win. Now I know I don't know everybody, I don't know every offensive lineman in the National Football League, and I'm sure there it is riddled with Ohio State players. I know defensively, you know Denzel Ward is the first one that comes to mind. He's you know a great cornerback. So you think uh, th- that's a system. You, you move on to Alabama. We know, you know, where really where are the 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 Alabama quarterbacks? They don't really do anything in the in, in the NFL. Well, because it's a system. Everybody around them is helping them. Now they do have Julio Jones that has gone on to to great things. So you, you look okay. Well, another system, and then Georgia uh, is another perfect example of a system. They did have Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Under Kirby Smart, but it everything is built around the system. It is a system uh, university, so it it will be interesting to see uh, how he builds his system here. He's going to be able to take you know obviously three parts of everything that he likes about those universities and try to turn CU back to prominence, turn them around, get them back to what they were at in twenty sixteen. Uh, Anyway, so uh, like I said, this last year, you know, you have a couple games go your way, a couple of close games. They're right there. They're going to be in a bowl game, and we don't even know if Mike McIntyre gets fired if they win a couple more of those games, you know, two or three games. They say football is a game of inches, so there it is. Anyway, so that is kind of uh, what I think about CU and, and Coach Mel Tucker uh, in the past. Now this upcoming year is going to be uh, a little bit different, I think, for CU being a transition year from Mike McIntyre to Mel Tucker. But uh, we're going to d- dissect the schedule. Coming up next, we'll, after the ad break, we'll have the ad break, uh, dissect the 2019 schedule, uh, talk a little bit about the Vegas odds, and then get you guys, uh, CU fans and uh, fans that get the ball rolling, excited for this 2019 season of Colorado University. Stay tuned after the ad break.
Again, always want to thank Anchor for allowing me to uh, do this podcast. Love it. Uh, Love doing this podcast. Makes me happy uh, being able to talk about what the sport I love and uh, also the universities that I love. So getting back into it, we're going to kind of dissect the 2019 Colorado Buffalo team now. On the offensive side, they bring back seven starters that are proven starters. They've they've been there under Mike McIntyre. Uh, they bring back their quarterback, which is always good, uh, Stephen Montez. And honestly, I wasn't really I, despite being in Colorado, fan, I wasn't really introduced to Stephen Montez until the Nebraska game this last year. And if you guys missed that game, honestly, I don't know where you could find it. Look it up on YouTube or somewhere. Because that game was so much fun to watch. It was. It ended up being a 33-28. And it was, I mean, it was back and forth. I mean, it was a lot uh, uh, to renew a rivalry that once was when they were in the, uh, I believe, in the Big 8, the Big 12. And, you know, Scott Frost uh, coming back to Nebraska. It was such a fun game to watch. I absolutely loved it that... Uh, I would tell anybody to go back. I think it was one of the better games of last year, more exciting games. I thought the teams were evenly matched, and it honestly came down to the last uh, the last drive for Colorado to punch it in to get the win. Amazing game. Go home. Uh, if you're at home, watch it and uh, enjoy it because I really – it is something that is really cool, uh, really fun game to watch. So, you look at this upcoming season. Uh, they start off August 30th, which is only a couple weeks away, uh, in Denver against Colorado State. Obviously, uh, in-state rival, and they have not lost to Colorado State since 2014. And I expect these guys to continue that streak. I think that Colorado, uh, despite Colorado State you know, probably being a little bit better of a team this upcoming season, I think they get the win there. Um uh, and I think that we're starting, you know, the, the Colorado fans are going to be happy to be able to know that they are the best team, at least in Colorado, uh, that week, right? Uh, then they go on, they come home. Uh, it is played in Denver, and I've actually been in Denver, uh, Boulder and Denver, not that far apart. I've never been out to Fort Collins, but uh, I've been up towards uh, Golden, Colorado. Uh, I ran there, and it is a beautiful, beautiful place. It's really close to Boulder. So really not that far of a travel, kind of a, a home game, but not really a home game, just a neutral site game, uh, kind of to see who the best there. Colorado, Colorado State, and then they come home and they play Nebraska. Now, last game, last year's game, like I said, was so entertaining, and I would tell anybody, uh, you know, they're them down trailing 28-27. Steven Montez, you know, goes down the field, uh, one minute, six remaining, wins the game, awesome, elation, right? Everybody's talking about Nebraska this upcoming year. And I know Scott Frost is a good coach. I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from him, but I don't know if I'm sold on them 100%. They do have a little bit easier of a schedule, Nebraska, uh, than, than Colorado does. So I think when they play each other, it will be, I think it will be a really good measuring stick, not only for Nebraska to see, okay, is this team legit? Because if they struggle, I mean, obviously Colorado is a good team, but if they struggle against Colorado, they're going to struggle a lot in the Big Ten. Uh, and if Colorado, you know, kind of beats down on them, or, or even if they struggle, they might struggle a little bit, a little bit in the Pac-12. I think these teams are just as even 
as what they were last year. I don't think either team uh, has a, a, an advantage. I know Scott Frost has uh, been in the system one more year out in Lincoln, but you know, Mel Tucker can always pull off uh, uh, an upset. So it'll be interesting to see that game. I think it's a 50-50 game. I think it's going to come down to kind of last year. Uh, minute six maybe remaining, two minutes remaining, uh, either a hold or a, a shutout. You know, shut down defense, or you have to drive the ball. Let's try to punch it in. I think that's how it's going to be this next year. And then they stay home and they play Air Force. Now, Air Force, uh, despite me thinking, I think this team is going to be uh, on the up and the up and up, right? The, the the rise. I think this team is a lot better than last year's team, but I don't think uh, they're going to beat Colorado. I think that Air Force, and I don't really know this uh, per se, but I think they're kind of like the little brothers uh, to Colorado and Colorado State. Uh, you know, Colorado being a huge school, you know, 29,000. I understand Air Force is a military school, uh, has, doesn't have that high of, a, of an enrollment, but I think Colorado's just kind of flexes their muscles. They are the big state university. They're going to try to, you know, beat down on Air Force. Cause even, you think about it, even in state, recruiting matters and I understand that the academy is completely different with how they recruit and there's a lot more qualifications and stuff but I think Colorado beats them and I think Colorado Colorado CU are the kings of Colorado this upcoming season uh, after that they go on the road to Arizona State now they are lucky because they will be playing in Tempe uh, the 21st of September and down there in Tempe uh, we're not as south uh, here obviously in Utah as Tempe is but it won't be 110 degrees that day in September. It will probably be up into the 90s, uh, high 80s. But it definitely will help play a little bit more into their hand because uh, Colorado is going to be coming from, you know, 70, 60 degree weather down into, you know, the blistering desert. I think, again, this team is really a close game. Uh, I do think Arizona State is a little bit better than Colorado. So I do have them losing in that game. Uh, and the Buffs are just 2 and 14 on true road openers. So this is a true road open, right? So, uh, they could, I, I think, I think Arizona State, I think it'll be a close game through three quarters. And I think Arizona State will kind of pull away towards the end after they go on a bye. Now, October 5th, they play home against Arizona. Arizona is an extremely difficult team for CU to beat. They have not beat Arizona, uh, let's see, since 2016, since their year. And they've, they've been close with them every single year. So again, uh, this is another 50-50 game. Uh, what side of the ball is it bouncing? How, you know, injuries, all those kinds of things. It's a 50 50 game. And uh, I think by you now when we do our week, what is that, six preview, I'll definitely have this one marked. Okay, we need to talk about this because I think Colorado's at this point. Because you know what? If they are two and two or three and one going into Arizona, uh, that Arizona game, they're definitely going to have the momentum. Be interesting to see where Arizona's at, but I think see that as a 50, 50 game. And then they go on the road to Oregon. Uh, it is a quick turnaround. They do have to play Friday. So it's only a six day break. And I think that does, uh, definitely have an effect on the players because now, so you get home, you know, you probably fly in, uh, Saturday night, right? If you're well, they're at home, so I guess they're not playing in. But they have they're leaving, you know, Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning to go up to Oregon to kind of get acclimated, get ready to play a game Friday night. I think it it is always hard uh, to get a team on on an off week like that. So 
Uh, I don't have them beating Oregon. And then they go on the road again uh, to Washington State. But that week they have an eight. They have eight-day uh, break in between October 19th. I don't think they beat the Air Raid. I think that uh, Washington State is one of my sleepers in this this conference more so than anybody. Uh, I really like uh, Washington State this year. So I don't think they get the win. Uh, I think that the Air Raid... Uh, in Colorado, they're only returning four uh, starters on on defense, so I think they're going to be a little bit more inexperienced, and I think Mike Leach is going to be able to pick him apart a little bit. And then they play USC, and this is another game that I have starred these next three games because I think all of them are 50-50 games. USC is going to be fighting for their life. They're fighting for uh, Coach Helton or Heaton, however you pronounce it, but they're fighting for him, and they're fighting for uh, will USC uh, return to prominence, right? I don't know. I don't know if USC can do that. They do have to go to Boulder. USC does not play well in the mountains. Uh, They tend to struggle coming from SoCal up to uh, Salt Lake or Boulder. If there's any game that I see uh, an upset, I haven't looked at the lines, but if there's any kind of upset, I know USC will be favored in this game. It will be that game, and I would take Colorado on this game. I think Colorado is extremely talented in that sense. Afterwards, they go on the road to UCLA, and I think UCLA is going to be better this year. And uh, last year, Colorado did get the best of them, uh, winning. Uh, that was their fourth win of the season. They were actually undefeated going into it. So I, it, it's really kind of a, a big question mark. Uh, I think if, if UCLA wins, it will be a big moment for Chip Kelly. And if Colorado wins, it's going to be a big moment for Mel Tucker. Because I really do see, you know, if they beat U- UC- USC, they're on the, they're, you know, momentum flowing. They're on the rise. Go down to Southern California and get the win. Honestly, 50-50 game. I would favor Colorado a little bit more in that game. Kind of like a little bit more in the USC game. Uh, probably more like a 55-45, maybe a 60-40 uh, kind of toss-up. Uh, again, we'll be talking about that a little bit more as the season goes on. Afterwards, they go. Uh, they come home against Stanford. And Stanford, like SC, they struggle in the mountains. Um, uh, they do, despite losing to Stanford, uh, Back in 2015, um, they beat them in 2016. It looks like they haven't played them the last couple of years. So it will be interesting. I think that, you know, Stanford, they only bring back nine starters total. And, you know, offensively, Colorado brings back seven. Defensively, they bring back four. That's 11. So they have a little bit more experience on the Colorado side. Uh, But, again, David Shaw, really good coach. Again, I think Stanford, in this game, I'm going to lean, uh, despite the, 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 the two previous USC and UCLA, I have Colorado leaning a little bit more, like I said, 60-40. Uh, Stanford's a little bit more 60-40 here. I think that they have a little bit better of an edge. But again, Stanford has to come up to, uh, to Boulder. It's an extremely difficult place to win. Uh, I... I even uh, Utah, like last year, despite playing in the snow, you know, uh, I believe it was pretty close through the first half. It was a really snowy day. Um, I actually ran that day too, kind of crazy uh, turn of events. But if if it's snowy November 9th in, in Boulder, I don't see Stanford winning. And again, that's why as I go through these things, it's like, well, it's 50-50, but then... You know, Stanford might have a little bit of an edge if it is a nice day, but, you know, in November in Boulder, Colorado, it might totally take a turn, and it might be dumping snow, and Colorado is going to know how to play the snow a lot better than Stanford. Uh, afterwards, they finish off with the two Pac-12 uh, 
favorites, well, one of the favorites, uh, the University of Utah, November 30th, and uh, University of Washington, November 23rd. I think both of these teams are better than CU. Uh, they might be able to play the upset card. Obviously, you know, they say there's a rivalry against Utah. They call it the Rocky Mountain Shootout, blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, I think they end up losing the last two games of the year. So uh, if you take into account the two teams that I feel like I, I think that they're going to win for sure, uh, the Colorado State game and the Air Force game, and then you take in the 50-50 games, they might get up to five wins. It would be amazing if they got to six wins. Again, a six-win uh, squad would have to beat the 50-50 game against Nebraska. They'd have to beat Arizona. They'd have to beat SC, UCLA, and they have to get luck. Well, they have to get lucky against USC or or Stanford uh, to be able to get that you know fifth sixth win uh, in there. So again, it will be interesting, uh, fascinating to see what Mel Tucker does here at CU. Uh, kind of how he has them hyped. Again, I like this team. Uh, he's one of the first year coaches that I'm a little bit more curious to watch. Like I said, with first year coaches, I think they're kind of playing with house money. It, it, it is what it is. The, the result is what it, it is, and more accountability is placed on them as you know the years add up. You know, second year a little bit more, third year it's okay. You got to be legit. Fourth year, this is your year, right? So uh, this is first year. He's playing with house money, but I think by doing that, and you know, he said that this isn't a rebuild. This is a revamp, and uh, so I really think that this team uh, could have that uh, again. I love. Love the unis. I love the mascot. Uh, I think those gray unis that they wear might be one of the coolest. Um, uh, I like the gray unis. They do kind of do like a flat uh, black helmet. Sweet unis. And then I like the black uh, black uh, top uh, gray pants and the gray helmet. Awesome. Sweet uniforms. I love CU. Uh, I'll be definitely posting pics uh, on our social media, me, you know, cheering on CU. They might be a little bit later for you guys on the East Coast because uh, they usually start here. Even It's even late for us. It's 8.30 start uh, uh, game here in, like, in Utah, and that's not even that. That would be a 10.30 start back East, and so uh, the Pac-12 is a little bit difficult to cover for the East Coast. But stay up and watch this team, definitely. So that is our 2019 Colorado preview. Uh, I want to give a shout-out. I was on uh, 24-7 Ball Talk. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts under the name 24-7 Ball Talk. Uh, you can listen as we discuss a little bit of NFL uh, on that podcast. Also, check out Slinging the Pill. We're all kind of helping each other out, doing our own things. Follow us on sh- social media. Let us know what you think uh, about uh, this Colorado preview. If you agree, disagree, uh, where you see your buffs in 2019. Also, just a little side note, they might have the coolest tradition in college football. Who runs onto a field with a full-on buffalo? It's not even a fake buffalo. It is a full-fledged buffalo. Run, Ralphie, run. Let's see what you do in 2019. Thanks for having, uh, uh, making us part of your day. I hope you have a great week, and until next time, keep the ball rolling.